good evening, and welcome back to the Sleep with Josh podcast. It's the podcast where you sleep with Josh. I am your host and comedian, Josh Young. At every episode, I read various pieces of literature in my trademark monotone voice to help you drift off to sleep. Literature like the dictionary, laws, various manuals, the different terms of services, the different terms of services that everyone agrees to but never really reads and other random boring ideas today is the seventh day of Christmas and in the Christmas carol the 12 days of Christmas today Today is day seven, where seven swans a-swimming are gifted. Well, in that case, I think I should read the famous Danish fairy tale, The Ugly Duckling, from Danish poet and author Hans Christian. Anderson. Don't forget, if you find yourself enjoying this experience, please follow this podcast on Spotify or your podcast player of choice and tell everyone you know that you sleep with Josh. Because at the end of the day, The more people that sleep with Josh, the better. You can follow me, Josh Young, on all social media at Josh Young Comedy. That's J-O-S-H-Y-A-N-G Comedy. Now sit back. Close your eyes and think to a time when you were an ugly duckling that has or will turn into a swan. And then you'll get tired of this podcast, guaranteed. The Ugly Duckling by Hans Christian Andersen It was beautiful in the country 
It was summertime. The wheat was yellow. The oats were green. The hay was stacked up in the green meadows. And the stork paraded about on his long red legs. Discoursing in Egyptian, which language he had learned from his mother. The fields and meadows were skirted by thick woods, and a deep lake lay in the midst of the woods. Yes, it was indeed beautiful in the country. The sunshine fell warmly on an old mansion surrounded by deep canals, and from the walls down to the water's edge there grew large burdock leaves, so high that children could stand upright among them without being perceived. This place was as wild and unfrequented as the thickest part of the wood, and on that account a duck had chosen to make her nest there. She was sitting on her eggs, but the pleasure she had felt at first was now almost gone, because she had been there so long, and had so few visitors. For the other ducks preferred swimming on the canals to sitting among the burdock leaves, gossiping with her. At last, the eggs cracked one after another. Chick, chick. All the eggs were alive, and one little head after another appeared. Quack, quack, said the duck. <laughs> and all got up as well as they could. They peeped about from under the green leaves. And as green is good for the eyes, their mother let them look as long as they pleased. How large the world is, said the little ones, for they found their present situation very different to their former confined one, while yet in the eggshells. Do you imagine this to be the whole of the world? said the mother. It extends far beyond the other side of the garden, to the pastor's field, but I have never been there. Are you all here? And then she got up. No, I have not got you all. The largest egg is still here. How long will this last? I am so weary of it. And then she sat down again. Well, how are you getting on? Asked an old duck who had come to pay her a visit. This one egg keeps me so long, said the mother. It will not break. 
but you should see the others. They are the prettiest little ducklings I have seen in all my days. They are all like their father, the good-for-nothing fellow. He has not been to visit me once. Let me see the egg that will not break, said the old duck. Depend upon it. It is a turkey's egg. I was cheated in the same way once myself. And I had such trouble with the young ones, for they are afraid of the water, and I could not get them there. I called and I scolded, but it was all of no use. But let me see the egg. Ah, yes, to be sure that is a turkey's egg. Leave it and teach the other little ones to swim. I will sit on it a little longer, said the duck. I've been sitting so long that I may as well spend the harvest here. It is no business of mine, said the old duck, and away she waddled. The great egg burst at last. Tick, tick said the little one, and out it tumbled. But oh, how large and ugly it was. The duck looked at it. That is a great, strong creature, said she. None of the others are at all like it. Can it be a young turkey cock? Well, we shall soon find out. It must go into the water, though I push it in myself. The next day, there was delightful weather, and the sun shone warmly upon all the green leaves, when Mother Duck, with all her family, went down to the canal. Plump, she went into the water. Quack, quack, cried she, and one duckling after another, jumped in. The water closed over their heads, but all came up again and swam together in the pleasantest manner. Their legs moved without effort. All were there, even the ugly gray one. No, it is not a turkey, said the old duck. Only see how prettily it moves its legs, how upright it holds itself. It is my own child. It is also really very pretty when one looks more closely at it. Quack, quack. Now come with me. I will take you into the world, introduce you in the duckyard, but keep close to me or someone may tread on you, and beware of the cat. So they came into the duckyard. There was a horrid noise. Two families were quarreling about the remains of an eel, which in the end was secured by the cat. See, my children, such is the way of the world, said the mother duck, wiping her beak for she, too, was fond of roasted eels, 
Now use your legs, said she. Keep together and bow to the old duck you see yonder. She is the most distinguished of all the fowls present and is of Spanish blood, which accounts for her dignified appearance and manners. And look, she has a red rag on her leg that is considered extremely handsome and is the greatest distinction a duck can have. Don't turn your feet inwards. A well-educated duckling always keeps his legs far apart, like his father and mother, just so. Look, now bow your necks and say, quack. And they did as they were told. But the other ducks who were in the yard looked at them and said aloud, only see, now we have another brood, as if there were not enough of us already. And fee, how ugly that one is. We will not endure it. And immediately one of the ducks flew at him and bit him in the neck. I leave him alone, said the mother. He is doing no one any harm. Uh, yes, but he is so large and so strange looking, and therefore he shall be teased. Those are fine children that our good mother has, said the old duck with the red rag on her leg. All are pretty except one, and that has not turned out well. I almost wish it could be hatched over again. That cannot be, please, your highness, said the mother. Certainly he is not handsome, but he is a very good child, and swims as well as the others. Indeed, rather better. I think he will grow like the others all in good time, and perhaps will look smaller. He stayed so long in the eggshell, that is the cause of the difference. And she scratched the duckling's neck and stroked his whole body. Besides, added she, he is a drake. I think he will be very strong. Therefore, it does not matter so much. He will fight his way through. The other ducks are very pretty, said the old duck. Pray make yourselves at home, and if you find an eel's head, you can bring it to me. And accordingly, they made themselves at home. But the poor little duckling, who had come last out of its eggshell, and who was so ugly, was bitten, pecked, and teased by both ducks and hen. It is so large, said they all. And the turkey cock, who had come into the world with spurs on, and therefore fancied he was an emperor, puffed himself up like a ship in full sail, and marched up to the duckling quite red with passion. The poor little thing scarcely knew what to do. He was quite distressed, because he was so ugly, and because he was the jest of the poultry yard.
So passed the first day, and afterwards matters grew worse and worse. The poor duckling was scorned by all. Even his brothers and sisters behaved unkindly and were constantly saying, The cat fetch thee, thou nasty creature. The mother said, If thou wert only far away. The ducks bit him, the hens pecked him, and the girl who fed the poultry kicked him. He ran over the hedge. The little birds in the bushes were terrified. That is because I am so ugly, thought the duckling, shutting his eyes. But he ran on. At last he came to a wide moor, where lived some wild ducks. Here he lay the whole night, so tired and so comfortless. In the morning, the wild ducks flew up and perceived their new companion. Pray, who are you? asked they. And our little duckling turned himself in all directions and greeted them as politely as possible. You are really uncommonly ugly, said the wild ducks. However, that does not matter to us, provided you do not marry into our families. Poor thing, he had never thought of marrying. He only begged permission to lie among the reeds and drink the water of the moor. There he lay for two whole days. On the third day, there came two wild geese, or rather, ganders who had not been long out of their eggshells, which accounts for their impertinence. Hark ye, said they, you are so ugly that we like you infinitely well. Will you come with us and be a bird of passage? On another moor, not far from this, are some dear, sweet, wild geese as lovely creatures as have ever said, hiss hiss. You are truly in the way to make your fortune, ugly as you are. Bang! A gun went off all at once, and both wild geese were stretched dead among the reeds. The water became red with blood. Bang! A gun went off again. Whole flocks of wild geese flew up from among the reeds, and another report followed. There was a grand hunting party. The hunters lay in ambush all around. Some were even sitting in the trees, whose huge branches stretched far over the moor. The blue smoke rose through the thick trees like a mist and was dispersed as it fell over the water. The hounds splashed about in the mud. The reeds and rushes bent in all directions. How frightened the poor little duck was. He turned his head, thinking to hide it under his wings, and in a moment a most formidable-looking dog stood close to him his tongue hanging out of his mouth, his eyes 
sparkling fearfully. He opened wide his jaws at the sight of our duckling, showing him his sharp white teeth. And splash, splash, he was gone, gone, without hurting him. Well, let me be thankful, sighed he. I am so ugly that even the dog will not eat me. And now he lay still, though the shooting continued among the reeds, shot following shot. The noise did not cease till late in the day, and even then the poor little thing dared not stir. He waited several hours before he looked around him, and then hastened away from the moor as fast as he could. He ran over fields and meadows, though the wind was so high that he had some difficulty in proceeding. Towards evening, he reached a wretched little hut, so wretched that it knew not on which side to fall, and therefore remained standing. The wind blew violently so that our poor little duckling was obliged to support himself on his tail in order to stand against it. But it became worse and worse. He then remarked that the door had lost one of its hinges and hung so much awry that he could creep through the crevice into the room, which he did. In this room lived an old woman with her tomcat and her hen, and the cat, whom she called her little son, knew how to set up his back and purr. Indeed, he could even emit sparks when stroked the wrong way. The hen had very short legs and was therefore called cuckoo short legs. She laid very good eggs, and the old woman loved her as her own child. The next morning, the new guest was perceived. The cat began to mew, and the hen to cackle. What is the matter? asked the old woman, looking round. However, her eyes were not good, so she took the young duckling to be a fat duck who had lost her way. This is a capital catch, said she. I shall now have duck's eggs, if it be not a drake. We must try. And so the duckling was put to the proof for three weeks, but no eggs made their appearance. Now the cat was the master of the house, and the hen was the mistress. And they used always to say, We in the world. For they imagined themselves to be not only the half of the world, but also by far the better half. The duckling thought it was possible to be of a different opinion, but that the hen would not allow. Can you lay eggs? asked she. No. Well then, hold your tongue, 
And the cat said, Can you set up your back? Can you purr? No. Well, then, you should have no opinion when reasonable persons are speaking. So the duckling sat alone in a corner and was in a very bad humor. However, he happened to think of the fresh air and bright sunshine, and these thoughts gave him such a strong desire to swim again that he could not help telling it to the hen. What ails you? said the hen. You have nothing to do, and, therefore, brood over these fancies. Either lay eggs or purr, then you will forget them. But it is so delicious to swim, said the duckling. So delicious when the waters close over your head and you plunge to the bottom. Well, that is a queer sort of a pleasure, said the hen. I think you must be crazy. Not to speak of myself, ask the cat. He is the most sensible animal I know. Whether he would like to swim or to plunge to the bottom of the water, ask our mistress, the old woman. There is no one in the world wiser than she. Do you think she would take pleasure in swimming and in the waters closing over her head? You do not understand me, said the duckling. What? We do not understand you? So you think yourself wiser than the cat and the old woman? Not to speak of myself. Do not fancy any such thing, child, but be thankful for all the kindness that has been showed to you. Are you not lodged in a warm room? And have you not the advantage of society from which you can learn something? But you are a simpleton, and it is wearisome to have anything to do with you. Believe me, I wish you well. I tell you unpleasant truths. But it is thus that real friendship is shown. Come, for once give yourself the trouble to learn to purr or to lay eggs. I think I will go out into the wide world again, said the duckling. Well, go, answered the hen. So the duckling went. And that is where we're going to stop this episode of the Sleep with Josh podcast by reading just the first part of The Ugly Duckling. I'll follow up with another episode to finish off the story. Congratulations, you have just slept with Josh. But if you're still awake, don't forget to follow this podcast on Spotify or your podcast player of choice. And of course, tell everyone you know that you sleep with Josh. Thank you. And good night. <laughs>